Welcome to That Smart Hustle, a podcast for women who are ready to step out of society's expectations, discover their sole purpose, and work their light. I'm your host, Kristen Martin, a full-time author and creative entrepreneur. My mission is to impact as many women as possible to go after the very things that set their souls on fire. If you're ready to stop playing small in a world that is desperate for you to play big, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the show. I am so happy to have you here today with me. Okay, so shout out to my good friend, Lisa London, for just being an awesome human being and also for giving me the idea for this particular podcast episode. Buckle up. It's a good one. So Lisa and I were talking and we were talking about a lot of what I talked about in episode 75, which if you have not listened to that, make sure you do that. <laughs> but we were talking about certain circumstances, like negative circumstances. If you're if you're going through something right now and you don't understand why it's happening or you're like, how is this happening for me? It's happening to me. And you just, you can't see that light at the end of the tunnel. Like, sis, I know I've been there. I was there for two whole months. I was like, I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. What am I doing? Where am I going? What am I being directed to? But deep down, I knew, I knew, 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 deep down in my heart of hearts, what it was that I actually wanted to do with my platform. And we talked about fear of failure in the last episode, but I was too afraid to actually go after it. And a lot of that was because I like to plan things out. And when I don't have a plan for something, I feel very frazzled and it makes me feel like I just don't know what I'm doing. And then I realized everything I've ever done, I haven't known what, what I'm doing. I just jump, I just jump all in. I go all in. And That's the thing is that if you have a dream or a goal or something that is on your heart, something you feel called to do, you have to go all in. And it was something that Lisa said to me that made me start thinking about all of the other times in my past that I did go all in. And she said, it's like everything you want is either being delivered to you or your focus is being externally redirected to help show you the path that you should be on. So when you think about that statement, which thank you, Lisa, because that is so, so powerful, and I'm gonna say it one more time. It's like everything you want is either being delivered to you or your focus is being externally redirected to help show you the path that you should be on. So of course, I started thinking about all of the times that my focus was externally redirected because I was sitting in a comfort zone. I was sitting in a place where I was like, I don't know if I really want to step outside of this box because I don't know what people are going to think and they're going to judge me and they're not going to like me and blah, blah, blah. You know, shut up, Bertha, go home. But all of those times I was sitting in my comfort zone and I was afraid to try something new or different Every single time, because I didn't follow that nudge, my focus was externally redirected to help put me and and place me on the path that I'm supposed to be on. Like I was veering off the path by staying in my comfort zone. So something every once in a while has to come and shake things up in your life. Otherwise, you're just going to be standing still, staying stagnant. And here's the other thing she said that really just was like, yes, this makes so much sense. It's like when you don't move fast enough 
to get onto that new path or into this new role or whatever it is that that you feel that nudge and that calling to do, the universe is going to speed things up and throw a bunch of things your way to push you onto the path. And for me, it takes like a giant dumpster fire of things for me to finally be like, oh, this is what I was supposed to be doing all along. Raise your hand if you're with me. (laughs) So I wanna talk about all of the times that I felt certain nudges and didn't follow through on those nudges. I ignored them and stayed in my comfort zone because I was too afraid. And every single time, you know what happened? Dumpster fire. So dumpster fires are a good thing. Let's shift our perspective here. They are a good thing because that is the, at least for me, that is the only thing that is going to get me to move forward and try something different. So we're gonna take this back to my high school days. Oh yes, high school Kristen, where are you at? Okay, (laughs) okay, so in high school, (laughs) I was an overachiever. I was a perfectionist. I was all about like getting good grades, being in the honor society, doing all the extracurriculars, like just, you know, let me do all the things. Let me be the best person I can be. Except, you know, at the time I wasn't really living for myself. I was doing this for the approval mostly of my parents, which shout out, love you, mom and dad. But I was, I was doing it for the approval and the acceptance of my family and my parents to feel loved and worthy. So I remember in high school when I started applying to colleges. And just so everyone here knows, I am not a good test taker. Like I've I've got the lowest, I can't even remember my score on the SAT, but it was like below, like bottom of the barrel low. Uh, When I took the ACT, I did a lot better on that test, which just again goes to show you how can I do well on one test that's supposed to be the quote unquote standardized testing for everyone and then go and take another standardized test for everyone and do well on it. So right there, like that whole thing in our education system is completely flawed. That's a topic for another day. So I did really well on the ACT, not so hot on the SAT, but applications were looming and they were due. So I was like, okay, I need to just get it together and I'm gonna use my ACT score. Well, a lot of people know that colleges really look at your SAT score. Like that's the one they zone in on because that's like the true, true standardized testing measurement of your capability and your intelligence and your potential, right? So I'm applying to colleges and I had this big vision that I would go to an Ivy League school. I was like, yeah, Harvard or Yale or Stanford or just any of these Ivy League schools. I was like, this would be amazing. This is something I really want to do. And the thing was, is that I knew that I was smart enough. I knew that I was capable enough because I was like a 4.2 GPA student. I had all, I had all the stuff, all the stuff, right? But that SAT score, that was the thing that held me back. So after applying to a lot of Ivy League schools and getting a lot of rejections and a lot of no's, I applied to two schools in Indiana, Ball State, which is where my dad went, and Purdue, which is where my mom went, and I got into both of those schools, which honestly I think is because, you know, it's like a legacy kind of thing. Like, oh, my parents went here, and so they're like, and your, you know, your credentials and everything is good, so like here, you can come to this college. And then because I was living in Arizona at the time, I also got into U of A, NAU, and ASU. And in ASU, I got into the Honors College, the Barrett Honors College. And so with the scholarship and everything, that just made sense. Was I devastated that I didn't get into an Ivy League school? I was, because that was something that I really, really wanted to do. It's something I wanted to go out of state and experience, just experience a new setting, a new surrounding, all of that. 
I wanted to do all of that, right? I had dreams for my life as a high schooler and what, what that was going to look like once I got out of high school. But here's the thing. If I had gone to an Ivy League school, it would have been more of the same of high school. And what I mean by that is that I would have been just solely focused on my studies, solely focused on my studies, probably stressed out, burnt out to a crazy degree, just trying to keep up with the curriculum and with all the things that are required of you when you do go to an Ivy League school. Like it's called Ivy League for a reason. It's freaking hard. But that achievement and discipline and doing well at school, like going after your goals, crushing your goals, that wasn't what I needed help with. What I needed help with was to be more extroverted and to be around really fun people and to learn how to have fun. And it was only by going to Arizona State University, which does have a reputation for being a bit of a party school, a little bit of like wild, like, woo, yeah, girl, it is. And it was so much fun. And you know what? My freshman year, I still maintained a 3.8 GPA and I had the time of my life. I had no idea that I could even have that much fun. I learned so much about myself in that year that made me realize, oh my gosh, I actually am a bit of an extrovert and I know how to have a good time and I know how to talk to other women and make friends because that was something I struggled with when I was younger. If you don't remember, I was bullied in middle school. So I can't speak for the experience that I could have had at an Ivy League school, but I do know that it probably would not have looked anything like my experience at Arizona State University. And because of that confidence that I built because I finally learned how to have fun and what that looked like, because of that confidence I built, that carried me through the rest of my years. And I honestly believe that's what carried me through to finally saying, okay, I'm gonna write a book and I'm gonna start a YouTube channel and I'm going to help people and use my knowledge. Even after being told no by people saying, your SAT score is not good enough and you can never go here. I was like, well, whatever, that's your opinion. But like, I know I'm smart and I, I know that I can achieve anything I set my mind to. And so that's what really that confidence that I gained freshman year at Arizona State University, where are my sun devils at? <laughs> that is what propelled me forward into the life I have now. I didn't realize it at the time, but in hindsight, I can see that that was such a defining moment for me and I didn't even know it. Same with my health scare in 2014, 2015, where I actually had to go under the knife and have surgery to have precancerous cells removed. Like you guys, when I say that I need to attract a giant dumpster fire into my life in order for me to wake up, that is not an exaggeration. I don't know how much more serious it can get than precancerous cells. But if that hadn't happened, I would not have pushed forward to finish writing my first book. I, I wouldn't have pushed forward. I was stuck in a job that I hated after doing all the things you know I thought I was supposed to be doing and getting really good grades in school and following society's path for you because it's the only one, blah, blah, blah. If I hadn't had something that had happened to say, hey, you only get one life, like you get one shot at this and what are you doing? You are sitting in a job that you absolutely hate. Are you successful? Yes. Do you make six figures? Yes. Do you have a company car? Yes. But none of that matters when you hate what you do. And I'm serious about that. It does not matter if you hate your existence and what you are doing every single day. 
And so I wrote my first book, The Alpha Drive. And do you want to know the setting, the, the inspiration for the setting of The Alpha Drive was Arizona State University. Emory's boarding school, her preparatory school, was based on the setting and the scenery and the surroundings and the whole setup of the campus at Arizona State University. So clearly there's a theme here because all of this is tying in together. So I write that book. I have a physical copy that I'm able to hold in my hands before I am wheeled into the the OR to have this surgery. And I remember all, you know, if you've read my book, Be Your Own Hashtag Goals, you know that all I was thinking about was, this could be it. And I... I could not wake up. Something could go wrong. Something could go wrong with the anesthesia. Like I'd never been under the knife before. I don't know. I could be allergic to something. You know, your mind, like, hi, Bertha, that's fear talking. Like you can go away now, but I do. I tend to spiral. Like I start thinking of worst case scenarios. I think a lot of us are like that. So I'm sitting there with my book in my hands and I'm just like, you know what? This was, this was my one really, really, really big dream for my life. And holding that book before I was about to to go under the knife, I was like, you did this and there's so much more that you could do. And I was like, I know that I will wake up because there is there is so much more that I am going to do and I'm not going to let anything stop me. And so when I woke up after surgery, that was honestly the happiest day of my life because you have that moment where you're like, I'm still here. And I told myself I was never going to take another day for granted. But you know, when you have, when you have something so traumatic happen, you say that, but then time will go by. And just as human beings, we tend to forget. And I forgot, I forgot about that girl who was scared and crying and just was like, oh my gosh, like there's so much more I want to do. Please, please, God, do not let this be it. So after I woke up in that hospital bed, even though I had months and months of healing that needed to happen, like physical healing for my body, I still was writing every single day. I was still writing out scripts for YouTube. I was still putting myself out there. I went all in for this dream of writing more books and helping other writers to write their books and to share their stories. So dumpster fire number one for me was not getting into an Ivy League school. Dumpster fire number two was obviously a lot more, you know, impactful and traumatic than that. And just like, oh my gosh, this is like a worst case scenario, which is having precancerous cells. And then the third dumpster fire was when I was still in my corporate job and I knew, I knew that I could take my business and what I had created and writing books and coaching and all of this, I knew that I could take it full time but I was still just sitting there at that job because I was too afraid to take that next step because I was comfortable with the extra paycheck because at that time I had two paychecks and I was like, this is great. I'm living life. Like that's why I was able to go on my book tour. That's why I was able to go to Bali. That's why I was able to like pay for all this stuff because I had two incomes at that time. But there was a moment where I asked the universe and I said, I can't keep doing two things because I'm half-assing both things and I want to whole-ass one thing. And the one thing that I want to whole-ass is my business because I know that with my business and my determination and my intelligence and my you know, my ambitiousness, I know that I can break through that freaking ceiling that I would never be able to break through if I stayed in corporate. And so I remember I sent out a request to the universe and I said, I am not strong enough 
to just leave this job because at the time things were really good. I'd manifested not having an office for like a couple months. I'd manifested not having, not even having a boss because things at that company were such a dumpster fire that like I was just bringing in my sales numbers. I was doing my thing. I was achieving all the goals that I needed to for the company. And so they were not really paying attention to me. And it was great because I just had so much freedom to be able to do the things I wanted to do and to build my business. But I was still having to put focus on that company and on that day-to-day stuff. And as my business grew, I looked at that and I was like, I can't do both because I started half-assing both things. And so I asked the universe, I said, you have to make it unbearable for me to work at that company anymore. Because if you don't make it unbearable for me, I will never leave. I am not brave enough with the way things are going right now. Yes, it's everything I asked for. I got a taste of what the freedom is like. And now I want to do this thing full time, but I'm scared. I am scared to quit because what if I fail? So I sent that request out to the universe and you know what ended up happening? I ended up getting a new boss. There were four people who left. So then all of that work, their work was piled onto me. My new boss was like, you're going to have to start coming into the office and we're going to have to start having like these meetings on this day. And I need you to put together this presentation and this spreadsheet, and this PowerPoint. And I was like, oh, Oh shit. Okay. So this, this is what's happening. So they're going to, you know, we're going to shake things up here because I asked for this. I asked for all of this to start happening because I needed it to happen. It was the push that I needed to get me to the other side, to get me to finally resign and pursue my business. And so it wasn't, but a week. Yeah. It wasn't, but a week later after I had that meeting, cause that meeting was on a Friday I waited till that next Friday and conveniently the next pay period to finally hand in my resignation letter. And that was another one of the happiest days of my whole entire life. And so here we are today with all the judgment and the hate and the criticisms and the negativity that has been going on around YouTube about me and about my business and about my digital courses and programs. And here I am sensing that nudge again to step into a new role, to step into a bigger role. And so instead of wallowing in self-pity, which I'm not going to lie, I did. I did do that for two months. I was like, oh my gosh, like everything's terrible. And what is life? And how is this happening for me? Yes, I, I did all of that. I'm still human. I'm not perfect. But after reflecting on all of these other situations where it felt like the end of the world and it felt like the dumpster fire that it was, it was a blessing in disguise. And I'm saying this right now before even launching any of this new stuff, this new role I'm about to step into, I'm saying all of this, saying that it's already a blessing because I know that even if people don't get it and it doesn't resonate with people, at some point, they will. And if they're not ready for it, that's okay. Because I know that there are going to be some people out there who are ready for it. And those are the people that I am going to focus on. Every single dumpster fire, every single struggle, every single time I was like, why is this happening to me? It has always led to my next level. And that's what I want to leave you with is that if you are going through something really, really hard right now and you cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel, you cannot see how this is serving, you cannot see 
how things are going to get better, I promise you that they will. And it will make sense at some point. And it may not be immediate. It may not happen today, tomorrow, or even you know a couple of weeks from now, or even a couple of months from now. Hell, it could even take a year. But that struggle, that challenge, that obstacle, that dumpster fire, it's trying to show you something. It's trying to push you out of your comfort zone. There's a reason why it's called a comfort zone. Nothing happens there. We don't grow there. We have to feel the discomfort and step outside of our own minds and outside of ourselves in order to change and grow. And here's what I really want you to know is that you do not have to know what it's going to look like. You just have to know that it's going to be better. It is this or something better. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. I will chat with you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, please subscribe to make sure you don't miss anything. For more beyond this podcast, including information on my YouTube channel and webinars, visit me at thatsmarthustle.com. And for daily inspiration and writing advice, come hang out with me on Instagram at author Kristen Martin. I'll talk with you all again very soon. Cheers.